Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga and the creator of the Momentum Magic Method, the way to become a confident yoga teacher who seamlessly shares cues and easily creates sequences, whose classes are transformational, not just transactions, who understands anatomy and who shares their passion in a unique and authentic way. Here on the podcast, you'll hear anatomy lessons, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal growth because having a strong, healthy mindset is such an important piece of being a confident teacher. In addition to the podcast, follow me on Instagram and TikTok for daily videos on teaching topics. And I've got two more ways you can build your confidence and skill. Join me weekly for my mini masterclass and teaching clinic, a 30-minute teacher-only themed yoga class, followed by a teaching lesson. Just DM me the words masterclass invite. And I'm also excited to tell you about my new invitation-only group called The Empowerment Club, an exclusive community for yoga teachers who want to feel confident and make a bigger impact. Membership is free and includes weekly workshops, private audio lessons, private Facebook group, and special offers on programs. DM me the words Empowerment Club for your application. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. Hi there. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 280. I'm recording this on February 1st, 2024. I always love the first day of the month, and this goes live on February 5th. And just a little fun personal fact about me, February 5th was the date of my first date with my first real boyfriend in high school. Ah, I'm 59. So that was a very long time ago, but I have that date ingrained in my mind as the first date with my first real boyfriend. And oh my God, it just literally came to me as I saw the date. So I want to kick off this episode uh, with a shout out to two women in particular, and they both are listeners of the pod. So I want to give a shout out to both of these women. One of them is named Carly and one of them is named Amy. And so of course, you're going to know if you're the one I'm speaking to, because both of these women just enrolled in my program last week. And Carly in particular enrolled as a result of listening to the podcast. And if you've been a listener to the podcast and you hear at the end how I extend an opportunity for a podcast offer, Carly heard that. And she was so motivated that she reached out to me, asked me what that was. We got into a conversation. I heard more about her story. I heard more about her vision and she enrolled. And Amy came to me in another way through my mailing list and downloading my sequence building template. And we got on the phone. We talked about where things were at for her, where she really wanted to go, what was holding her back. And I shared how I could help her and she enrolled. And so both of these women listened to my podcast and I want to give you a shout out. And I wanted to share this with you. You know, if you're not Carly or Amy, uh, I want to share this with you because I want to let you know what it looks like 
when someone is driven and motivated and inspired and takes what uh, is called inspired action. And I share that with you because if you're on the fence, if you're feeling like you want to take a powerful step forward to really invest in yourself and be the kind of yoga teacher you can be, then we should talk. So having said that, the um, week that I have just had, I mean, I'm recording this on a Thursday, so there's still another day. Um, although I'm just so just riled up because I'm just off of five days in a row of teaching an anatomy workshop. Maybe you were there at one of them. Maybe you were there at all of them. Actually, I don't think anybody was there at every single one, uh, in, you know, live. A lot of people asked for the replay. And if you want the replay of any of these workshops, uh, they're good until the middle of February. After that, they'll go away. Uh, they are covering, I did five individual workshops, uh, two on the shoulder. It was basically the same workshop. I just did it Saturday and repeated it Sunday. And then Monday, we looked at core and hip flexors. Tuesday, we looked at hip external rotators. And yesterday, Wednesday, we looked at the spine. And this was really um, something that I wanted to do because the week prior, the week of like the 15th of the month of January, I had sent out a freebie to my list uh, that was an anatomy inspired freebie. And by freebie, I mean, I mean, you've probably gotten some of my freebies, downloads that I have that are certain guides for yoga teachers, different things that yoga teachers can learn, that you download a guide or you download a checklist, something along those lines. And I had, I had offered a download on five anatomy themes to bring into your classes and understanding the reason for these themes. And I had, at this point, it's up to like 103 people request that. So when I sent out this freebie and all these teachers asked for it, I said to myself, oh my God, this is top of mind for teachers. They really want to learn anatomy. And truth be told, over the past several months, I've been teaching what I'm calling um, mini master classes and teaching clinics, where I teach a short practice focused on anatomy, and then I have a 20-minute mini uh, teaching session focused on sharing the anatomy behind the cues. But that doesn't involve slides. It doesn't involve looking at the muscles in a slide deck. It doesn't take a deeper dive into the anatomy. And so when I saw all this interest, I said, you know what, I got to hop on Zoom. I got to do um, a series of anatomy themed workshops. And they were really well attended. I mean, honestly, I will say in this day and age, I find it is challenging to get more than 10 people on a Zoom call at the same time. And notwithstanding all the issues that people have about I'm at work, I'm at school, I'm driving my kids. I think it's just challenging to get people's attention. And I think this is something for me as someone who leverages the online space to connect with you, whether it's here through the podcast, through things I do on Zoom, through things I share on social media, I am always looking for ways to get your attention, not because I want to sell you something, but because I want to help you be the best fucking teacher possible. That is always my mission. Whether or not you choose to invest in a program that I have, 
That is up to you. I do not control your pocketbook. So know that that is never the leading motivation for me. Um, so I bring that up because I found it really interesting that when I did these anatomy workshops, I did have five, six, seven, eight, nine people. And in the past, I've had for different themed workshops, like three or four, you know, and believe me, when I have one person, I give that person 150% because that person showed up with a desire to learn. So I, it makes no difference to me how many people show up. It's not going to change the quality of the teaching that I share. I just find it interesting from an attention perspective in a world where we are inundated with so many different things that can catch our attention. I find it interesting that for the past five days, when I've been speaking to you, if you're on my list, if you're in my social posts about anatomy, even if you weren't there, there were more teachers there than have been at some of my other online workshops. And so to me, what that says is you, others, really want this information, really want this knowledge. And so what I said at the beginning of all these workshops, and I will pose this same question to you now, what would learning more about anatomy help you do? And what would learning more about anatomy help you feel that you don't feel now? Because it's not good enough to just blindly go into buying books, blindly enrolling in hours-based programs, even blindly enrolling in my program out of a quote unquote expectation that I need to know anatomy. Yes, that goes without saying, you need to know anatomy to be a good yoga teacher. But more importantly for you, you as you're listening to me now, what would learning more about anatomy help you do that you can't do now? And how would you feel if you knew more about anatomy? Because by far, what I hear from yoga teachers a lot is that they want to feel like an expert. They want to feel qualified and understanding anatomy and how to share it in their cues and sequences and the questions that they get from students and the answers that they give, that helps them feel when they understand anatomy, it helps them feel more qualified that they can answer questions, that they can share it easily in their cueing and their sequencing. So I don't know you who is listening right now, unless you reach out to me and send me a DM on Instagram and tell me, Karen, here's what learning more anatomy would help me do that I can't do now. And here's what learning more about anatomy will help me feel that I would love to feel. I would love to feel like an expert. I would love to feel qualified. I would love to feel that way without having to get 500 hours of training. Like who said 500 hours makes you qualified? So I pose those questions to you because number one, no one else is gonna ask you this. And number two, because I want you to be at cause in your life. I want you to be doing things with a reason that is personal to you. I want you to be doing things that are gonna help you get where you want to go. And I want you to appreciate that you can curate your own journey. You do not 
have to fall in line and just take an hours-based training. You can do whatever you want. After you do your 200-hour training, you can do whatever you want so that you can get where you want to go. Okay, so if you want the replays of those workshops, I'm going to say at this point, until February 15th, those will be available. So send me a DM on Instagram. The next thing that I want to just add to that is quite a few teachers wrote me after these workshops and said, oh my God, Karen, you make it so easy to learn. And that is one of my trademarks. That is one of my hallmarks, my, my characteristics of teaching style is that I do make anatomy easy to learn because I know it, I'm able to boil it down to just what you need to know. And that does make it easier to understand. If I wanted to ramp it up and say a bunch of things that are gonna sound complex, I could do that too, but that's not gonna help you. What's going to help you is to understand the fundamentals in a way that's easy to get it, that doesn't trigger you into that belief you might have, oh my God, I can't learn anatomy. That's not, I'm not trying to impress you. I'm not trying to stoke that fear or that belief. So if you are concerned about your ability to learn anatomy, these workshops are things that you're definitely going to want. The other thing I wanted to just remind you of, if you haven't already, send me a request to join the Empowerment Club. You can just DM me on Instagram. Bare Bones Yoga is my page. The Empowerment Club is my new, as of January 1st, club for yoga teachers who want to feel more empowered. It's a free group on Facebook supported by weekly workshops and a lot of interaction happens in there. So it's beyond just your normal Facebook group where you're just kind of reading static posts. Um, and the one thing I'd say is if you do send me a request to be in the empowerment club, do it with intention, like do it with the intention of being an active participant. So join the club, post your questions, comment on other people's things in a supportive way. It can really be a great learning tool for you. If you go in, um, as an active person, you're going to fill out three questions to join the club. That'll give me an idea of where you're at. And you'll see those as soon as you, uh, attempt to join. So send me a DM, I'll send you the link to join the club. I wanted to share every episode starting this year, January, I've been sharing a light bulb moment. And these come from interactions I have with teachers, primarily teachers who are in my program. And I share these with you because I want to give you examples of what's possible, not only for the teacher I'm sharing about, but also maybe even for you. And I know that a lot of times, you know, the characteristic of the independent yoga teacher is that she's out there on her own. And number one, I want you to know you're not out there on your own. I am here to support you. And even if you don't invest in my program, I can certainly answer questions that you have and you can DM me on Instagram with those. And I also share these light bulb moments with you to show you what other yoga teachers are doing, to give you some examples of yoga teachers who are stepping into their most empowered way of teaching, because I want to show you examples of what's possible in a good way, to fuel your interest, to fuel your passion, to fuel your enthusiasm for teaching and for what is also possible for you. And so in today's light bulb moment, I wanna give a shout out to Amy. I spoke about her at the beginning of the episode. She is a teacher that has some experience. She took a little bit of time off and she's just getting back to teaching. 
and she had some sequences that she was using. And upon her return to teaching, she really started to lean into teaching her beginner's class with a consistent sequence from class to class. And so when we had our first coaching call this week, she was sharing with me that she kind of raised her hand and told the studio owner she's ready to take on some other classes and she wants to beef up her schedule to four classes a week. And one of the classes she wants to add to her schedule is more of an intermediate style class, different from the beginner class she's teaching. And so she was saying to me, I'm getting a little anxious because I'm feeling like I have the sequence I knew I know well, I'm teaching it in my beginner's class. And I'm doing the walk and talk. I'm not practicing with my class, which is like gold star, super duper for her. And, but I'm having this like <laughs> impending anxiety that I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board and create a new sequence for this intermediate class. And so what I shared with her were several themes that she could use with the sequence she has to add a different level of challenge but without having to change the architecture of the sequence for the most part, right? These things are not 100% one way. It's not a binary thing, 100% one way or the other way. A couple of little changes, but the idea is not to change the major architecture of the sequence so that you completely pull the rug out from underneath you and start from ground zero. The idea is to leverage what you already are doing and play with some other variables to make the class harder. And so I shared with her what those variables are. And she had this massive light bulb moment. She was like, oh my God, I feel so great to know that I don't have to go back to square one, create a whole new sequence. I can leverage what I already have. And so that was a big reveal for her. And this is why I have to share this with you as an example of this is the power of coaching. Nothing, I mean, Amy is an amazing person and still it would have been challenging for her to come up with this idea on her own, you know, through my level of experience, through my experience training teachers, through my experience of talking to hundreds of teachers all over the world. I know things that teachers struggle with and I have strategies to share with them to help them fix their problems. And so this is not just the value of coaching but it's also a testament to what's possible when you as a yoga teacher loosen your attachment to a certain belief, maybe the belief that I need to change my sequence to make it harder. Otherwise, this intermediate class I'm teaching is not going to be good enough. Like Amy didn't have that belief. And so the, the, the not attaching that belief to her brain is what allowed her to be open to suggestions, to new ideas so that she can go in there and teach in a more empowered way. Because when she teaches something that she's already pretty good at, that's going to allow her to stay on her feet, stay off the mat, keep doing the walk and talk, keep eyes on her students and all the things that go with empowered teaching. So that's the light bulb moment for today. As far as this episode and what I'm calling like a recurring segment that for right now, I'm calling a mindset minute because a part of every episode is I really want to focus a little bit on mindset. And so for today's mindset minute, I want to call on something I posted on Instagram yesterday, which is a carousel post, you know, those posts you scroll, scroll through. And I listed a bunch of myths and it got, I don't know, some, some number of likes, about 30 likes. 
um, which for me on my Instagram is a high number of likes. And so I said to myself, oh, this must be resonating with people. So I want to read you what the myths are that I wrote as a way to sort of wake you up to the things you may be thinking that just aren't true. It's not that they're untrue. It's just not that they're always true. And they certainly are not rules that you need to abide by. Nobody's in charge of this yoga industry, my friend. There are no police. There are no supervisors. You can do what you want. It's just got to be grounded in good anatomical principles, good movement principles. But you don't have to be out there doing things that you don't want to do, especially if it's to the detriment of how you feel, how you teach, how you show up for your classes. Because if you're doing things as a teacher that hold you back, that you don't like doing, that make it cumbersome for you to teach, that cut off your authentic way of being, that only ultimately hurts your students. So I want to just quickly share with you what these things are. I'm not going to go into them in lots of detail, uh, but I want to at least share with you what they are. As you listen to these, if these things trigger you and you're like, holy shit, I think these things send me a DM on Instagram. We can have a little one-off conversation and I can share with you some other things, uh, some other ways to think about these things so that you can be more empowered. And then it's really up to you. I'm not here to say, this is a black and white issue. You're right. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. You're right. Whatever. I'm just saying these are different ways to think about these things. And these things are out there and a lot of people think them. So my... My suggestion is try something else, especially if these things feel cumbersome to you. So myth number one, I need to change my sequence all the time or my students will get bored. Myth number two, I need to practice with my class because my students are visual learners. Number three, I need to do a counter pose to balance out the body. Number four, there is such a thing as a safe yoga class. I'll know it when I see it. And that's the kind of yoga class I want to teach. Number five, I should be asking for feedback after class. And that's how I'll know if I'm a good teacher. And number six, it takes years to be a good teacher and only comes with experience. So those are myths. They are beliefs. They are not truths. So if you heard any of those and you checked them off, checked them off in your mental checklist, I would highly encourage you to reach out for me, reach out to me and let's have a conversation. Let me share with you some other opportunities for you to reframe these beliefs. Because if these beliefs are driving behaviors in you that you don't like, that take a lot of time, that cause a lot of stress and anxiety, wouldn't you want to try something different? <laughs> right? And you can. So if we had more time, I'd go into them in detail. Um, we, we don't have, I don't have that time today. Maybe I'll do a deeper dive on each one of these. And if that's something that you'd like, send me a DM and let me know. And I'll do a special episode breaking down each one. What I wanted to share today in terms of anatomy is just a little snippet from what I covered in the workshops. And I'm gonna do this in a really conversational way to demonstrate to you how easy it can be when you understand anatomy to share it just in conversation. And that's a level of knowledge that I can get you to pretty quickly so that you can literally have 
conversations on the street with people about anatomy. You won't need a book. You won't need a slide deck. You won't need a skeleton. You just can talk to them about the body. And so what I wanted to talk to you today about is I wanted to talk to you about the rotator cuff of the shoulder, because it's really important that you be able to rattle off these muscles and know what they do. So the rotator cuff of the shoulder is divided into four muscles. They're remembered with the acronym SITS, supraspinatus, infraspinatus, teres minor, and subscapularis. The supraspinatus, you can palpate by just putting your index finger on the top of your shoulder. And if you take your arms out like in Warrior Two, that's the action of the supraspinatus. It's a shoulder abductor. The infraspinatus and teres minor, if you take your left hand and you place it behind your right shoulder, your hand will be covering the scapula on the right side. If you open your palm, you'll be externally rotating your shoulder and that's the function of the supraspinatus, I'm sorry, the sub, I'm sorry, supraspinatus, the teres minor and the supraspinatus, supraspinatus, infraspinatus. God, my brain is, is having a little infarct right now. Supraspinatus, infras, infraspinatus, that's it. <laughs> S-I-T-S. So left hand on back of right shoulder covers the scapula. Your hand is covering the infraspinatus, which sits pretty much on the whole bottom portion of the scapula and a portion of the teres minor. These two muscles directionally go from the scapula over to the humerus and they rotate open, i.e. externally rotate the shoulder. The last muscle is the subscapularis. If you take your left hand and poke right through your pectoral muscle, underneath your finger will be the inner cup of the scapula and it sits right in there. If you take your right shoulder and you rotate it inward as if you're hunching, that's internal rotation. That's the action of the subscapularis. So just to repeat, you've got S-I-T-S, supraspinatus, infraspinatus, teres minor, subscapularis. Supraspinatus is an abductor. Infraspinatus and teres minor are external rotators, and subscapularis is an internal rotator. If we then go to the external rotators of the hip, so if you take your right hand and you place it on the back of your right hip, and you directionally have your hand situated so that the heel of your hand is on your sacrum and your five fingers extend out towards your femur, that's directionally the position of the external rotators. There's a group of five of them. They're memorized with the acronym GO-GO-Q-P. GO-GO-Q-P. And that's for two gemelli muscles, two obturator muscles, piriformis, and quadratus femoris. For purposes of this conversation, you can consider these muscle, muscles as directionally running from the sacrum over to the femur and a portion of the pelvis known as the ischium over to the femur. And they all contribute to external, rotator, uh, to external rotation of the hip. The piriformis is notable because the sciatic nerve runs through it. And if the piriformis is a little inflamed, it can compress the sciatic nerve, 
can cause a little pain and discomfort. That's known as piriformis syndrome. And I only mention that diagnosis because your students may bring it up. So that's just a quick, easy way to remember the rotator cuff, remember the external rotators. And I want you to just appreciate just the easy conversation that I just shared you shared this with you in. And this is the level, just easy conversation I want you to get to. You're just having conversations, anatomy is in it. You're speaking from what you know, you're sharing the names of the muscles, you're sharing general origin insertion, you're sharing concentric action. This is all possible for you if you work with me, <laughs> right? And you can do the self-study, you can download my freebies, you can buy books, you can, it just takes way longer and you may not get there. Um, okay, so that's what I wanted to cover in today's episode, a little on the shorter side, but that's okay. I want to reiterate what I talked about at the beginning. If you're listening to this and you're stoked, you're inspired, maybe you're a longtime listener and you've been hearing me offer a podcast offer for a while, and today's the day you take action and you want to know what is this podcast offer? What's behind door number one? All you need to do is send me a DM. Let me know you heard the words podcast offer on the show and you want to find out more about that. And Bottom line is you're ready to invest in yourself. You're ready to take a step forward and be the best teacher you can be. And if that's you, I'm your person. Send me a DM on Instagram and let's talk. Okay, that's the end of the show. Thank you so much if you're still here for your time. I really appreciate it. I hope you found this episode helpful and I'll talk to you next week on the next episode of Conversations for Yoga Teachers. Namaste. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And as a special thanks, DM me the words podcast offer, and I'll share with you a special opportunity for yoga teachers who are ready to be confident and skilled and drop all that prep time, drop practicing with class, drop using the same cues over and over and drop worrying what other people think. If this is you and you're ready to step into your most powerful, authentic way of teaching, DM me the words podcast offer on my Instagram, Bare Bones Yoga.